Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brennan S. Scott, Kellen Kennedy with you. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. You can get their two condine special for only $37.95 until February the 29th. Visit royalpizza.ca where the Stoffer recommendations the Mediterranean chicken. Royal Pizza, Edmonton owned and operated for 50 plus years. Reed Wilkins likes the meat lovers. Brennan S. Scott likes the Texan. All right, we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Welcome back to the show. Our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy heating and cooling. Hello, John. How you doing? Hey, Bob. I miss you. Yeah. It's great to see you in town. Uh, you had an interesting conversation with Corey Perry and something that he noticed about Connor McDavid. Uh, perhaps you can shed some insight with our listeners. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it last night on television, but... Uh uh, I call a guy that's 38 years old the new guy. Um, but I asked him, I said, well, what was the one thing about this team that you you are fascinated by or that you didn't realize? And and he, the first thing he said right off the top was um, how much stuff that McDavid has to tolerate uh, up and down the ice from the opposition. And the fact that McDavid does such a good job of it not getting under his skin um now and i think we've seen that bob but it's it's probably even more important that his teammates notice that uh and for Corey to to mention that first thing out to me was pretty impressive yeah uh you know we we've talked about this a lot over the years you and me and, and my my theory is simple i don't think I know there's some conspiracy theorists out there that uh, the officials don't want a Canadian team to win or the owners to win. Obviously, that is not the case. I just think that Connor is so gifted, so fat. Like, if you think about it, a lot of the officials played hockey to a fairly... Uh, Travis Toomey is a linesman that played for the Seattle Thunderbirds and played for the Alberta Golden Bears. Uh, Cody Beach, uh, brother of Kyle Beach. Cody Beach was a St. Louis pick, played in the Western Hockey League. He's a referee now in the NHL. These guys played at a pretty good level. I think Connor is such an exception because he's the most advanced player that's ever lived. He's so fast and explosive, and he's on the puck... I think it, I don't think the refs ever sit there and say, "Well, we can't call that." I think sometimes you just don't see it in terms of how it impacts in, until you get it in a slow motion replay and that sort of thing. What do you think? Am I out to lunch? Am I giving the refs a free pass? What do you think? No, I, I think I think you're on to something a little bit. But the other thing is, is that I don't think we all realize how strong Connor is. Um, and that he he fights through all of that stuff not easier than others, but he makes it look easy. Um, and and so he's, you know, what, what, what would be a, a good old-fashioned hold or a hook uh, for someone else, he, he, he explodes through it. Um, and therefore, you don't think at the time it's happening, you don't think it's as bad as it looks. And, and that, 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 that's a big part for me is that uh, he's a lot stronger and obviously faster than any other player and what he does what he has to tolerate i don't think other other players could and that's that's what keeps it but but the, the part that fascinated me the most with Corey's comment was that it doesn't 
get under McDavid's skin. Yeah. And he's almost had to learn to live with it probably since the time he was 14 years old. Right, Bob? Yeah. And so it's one of those things that half of his adult life now, or half of his life, rather, he's had this is the way he's learned how to play the game. You know, there he's he's been a pro for the longest time since there hasn't been. You know, the clutching and grabbing that we saw that other great players had to go through, and guys like Mario Lemieux called it a garage league for wow. for that very reason. Um, McDavid has just learned that anything that, that impedes him, he'll just fight through because of his strength and speed. So I do have another, you know, thing that we've discussed over the years a bit, John, and that's, I will say this, I don't think the officials ever maliciously intend to screw a team. I don't believe that for a second. I do think Connor is so explosive, so strong, so good, that sometimes calls are missed. Uh, I also think players get more calls as they get more experience in the league. And I think back to when the uh, the Islanders were reigning supreme over the NHL in the early 1980s and the Oilers played them. To me, Edmonton didn't get quite as many calls. However, as the Oilers became a, it, you know, played Boston 88-90, I think they got some, and I think there's a human nature element to that, just a comfort level in the National Hockey League. And the one thing that's different is the NBA and the NFL go out of their way to protect their stars, even their young stars. And I'm not sure that's always been the history of the NHL. What do you think? So I, 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 th- I think that it's a fact that they don't. I think that there's a. I think that officiating in the NHL is the great equalizer for every player that's on the ice. Um, I, I do agree with you that you know. Better teams, teams that play at a higher profile, probably get the instinctive call once in a while. Um, but it also goes to the fact of how you treat the officials. Yes. You know, if, if you're yelling and screaming at the officials all the time, Doesn't there's a good chance they're going to push back at you. So should that... Something I think that... Go ahead. Should that benefit? You just kicked out there, John. Should that benefit a guy like Chris Knobloch, who is not a yeller and screamer on the Oilers bench? I I think it's a huge part of of any coach that's low key, uh, and obviously, uh, we think we think that Chris is low key, but we we're not on the bench. You know, one of, one of my favorite guys in the NHL for the longest time was Bob Gainey, um, and Bob Gainey looked stoic behind the bench but if you talk to any referee they you know quietly in the corner saying what's it like when Ganey's behind the bench they said he's relentless on us it doesn't look like he's saying anything but he is vicious with what he says to referees so what what appears to be the case with a guy like um Knobloch you hope is the case with a guy like Knobloch but we we're not parlay to uh, many of those uh, conversations so that may be different when he's talking to referees although I doubt it you and I well you certainly know him better than I do but Chris Knobloch is um as straightforward direct and quiet as any coach I've ever seen in the NHL in the in modern time yeah, uh, we do have ambient mics, John, as you know. <laughs> so sometimes we pick some things <laughs> up. You don't hear a lot from the Oilers bench from the coach, I can tell you that. All right, I'm going to switch focus here. Um, and 
Yeah, maybe a bit down the same line. So I put a tweet out last week, John. John Shannon joining us for Legacy Heating and Cooling. And it talked about the fact the Edmonton Oilers went into last night's game, number one in the National Hockey League, expected goals for five-on-five. And actually, uh, it was somebody from the NHL Network that had reached out to me and tipped me off and asked me, why don't the Oilers get more calls? I go, what do you mean? Well, per game, uh, they play the third least amount of times uh, it was Boomer uh, from the NHL Network, and they, they play the the th- yep. they have the third least amount of power play time. And I'm like, well, okay, does that factor in that they score in their power play? And yada yada yada. It does seem like a disproportionately off number that you'd be no- because if you're number one in expected goals four or five on five, it infers that you're getting a lot of scoring chances around the net. Okay, and and usually when you're getting. Yep lots of scoring chances. Logic dictates that you're probably drawing some calls along the way. So why would Edmonton be 30th? You know, the only teams that were behind them were the Islanders and the Chicago Blackhawks, and they don't have the record the Oilers do. Does that, those confluence of those two stats, does that surprise you at all? Uh, it does a little bit, uh, but then when you think about it, um, you'd, I wonder... When you look at the way the Oilers play the game, in order to um, create that situation, what would have to happen for them to create more opportunities? Obviously, what we've talked about with McDavid, uh, getting more calls would be one thing. But um, this is a team, and and even uh, listening to Chris Knobloch this morning saying he would like a little more aggressive play, and with more aggressive play, you'll get more calls. And I think you get more calls both ways, Bob. So perhaps in the end, it's um, it's the way the team plays the game as a whole. Um, they play it fast. They play it aggressive. But do they play it as physical as other teams do? And the answer is probably not. And it's one of the reasons I think they went out and got Corey Perry. Uh, so, so from that perspective, it maybe it, it, with a little bit of logic, you can understand why it doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, what do they need? So last night they play Boston. It was an entertaining game. It was sloppy. Uh, I thought the Bruins' bottom six forwards dominated Edmonton physically. Um, do you think that? Give me your perspective on what you think Ken Holland and company and Jeff Jackson are going to go out and do here to improve this team at the deadline. Well, I, I, you know, it's. I think they have they have to look at the bottom six and look at who's in play for the Oilers and is there a an easy remedy to find another forward, whether it be a centerman or not, another forward uh, that is better than Gagne or Fogle or in the short term Holloway. Uh, or even, I think, you know, they, they have taken this time to adjudicate what Corey Perry's right. done. And now I think they realize what Corey Perry can do. Uh, so that that's, I think that's off the table. So is there an, is there an inexpensive way to find a, you know, a, 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 a nine through 12 forward that can be a little, little more effective? Um, that perspective and the answer is they they probably are looking at that so that's the one thing and I think that reflects a little bit on what you talk about with what a team like Boston does 
because um, their their bottom six forwards were relentless last night, weren't they? They were. They were just they were all, all over everything all night, and and I think every team when you when you talk about how the Bruins are do it and how they grind, it's not just relying on the top six. It's making sure that the guys at the bottom of the forward lines have an opportunity to play, and when they're out there, they contribute. So, can you get more contributions by adding another forward? Uh, in that ilk for this team. So I think that's probably what's one of the two things they're looking for. And the other one is, as everybody else in the NHL is looking for, if you're going to the Stanley Cup playoffs, you're looking for depth on defense. All right. And that's going to be a challenge for the Oilers to do as well. I got two quick ones to wrap up with our NHL insider, John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. John, number one, Columbus. What do you see happening there? John Davidson's the president. Uh, he appears on your uh, podcast with Bob McCown. He was an outstanding color man back in the day. Obviously worked for MSG for a number of years. Hockey Day in Canada. He's been in hockey ops for several years now. What sort of manager do you think they bring into CBUS? Well, um, two things. First of all, the, the general manager that's going into Columbus is not going in to be an assistant to John Davidson. The general manager that's going into Columbus is going to run hockey operations. John Davidson is going to be there to be a conduit and manage up to ownership. John does not want to be in the day-to-day operation of hockey. He wants to be, um, you know, a, a steadying influence, someone who is uh, in many ways the face of the franchise in the market, but to be able to make sure that ownership understand what hockey ops is doing, more of a conduit than anything else. So if you do that, then you're looking for a certain type of guy. You're looking at somebody that's got experience. You're looking at somebody who's going to have a, a, a an ability to create a, a strong process of what the team's going to look like and be able to mold the young talent that they think they have in Columbus with a group of veterans that is probably smaller than they want in Columbus that you're going to have have to add on to and quite frankly fix the goaltending in Columbus so it's a it, it's a daunting task in Columbus with a lot of potential but not necessarily as much potential as they think they have and one final one for you um, New Jersey Devils what is with this team like yeah. I, I did. You, I thought they were going to be better. What about you? Yeah, but you, you know, you look at the guys they lost. I mean, they they lost a couple of defensemen and Dougie Hamilton to injury. They traded Damon Severson, who you know hasn't had a great year in Columbus, but was a big player on the back end. Um, they they tried to. You know the, the the trade they made with San Jose last year at the uh, at the deadline really hasn't panned out very much. They have issues in goal. So again, like Columbus, they've got a lot of really smart, fast young players, but they haven't really been able to put a lot of veteran quality players around them. And in many ways, rather than the, the being a, a, a potential year of going deep, this has now become a year of rebuild a little bit for Tommy Fitz. Gerald, and that's a, that's a real challenge at this point. They'll be fine in the end. I, I actually think, yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb here, I wouldn't be surprised to see New Jersey make the playoffs, and the team that misses might be Tampa in the East. The way Tampa's playing these days is just, it, it's amazing how th- the wheels have fallen off there, and they're going to have a tough time grabbing a playoff spot if they keep playing this way. They're losing tonight against the Washington team that's a bit of a surprise too. So I think, I think the Devils in the end will be all right. 
but it's uh, it, it, you're right. It has been a, one of the disappointing stories of the NHL so far this season. And the final word of the night goes to our texter, Jason from Sangudo. He says, if I had a wrinkle for every time the officials miss a call on Connor McDavid, I could be the leader of Alberta's NDP. There you go, John. You know what they say, <laughs> politics and sport don't mix. Thanks for joining us. No. <laughs> See you later. See you tomorrow. 5.50 or 6.50 in Edmonton. We'll come back with the State Orders History with Brendan Escott when we return. Oh, you know what they could do? They could just trade for... Ah, forget it. Uh, welcome back, everybody. It is uh, 6.52 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We're going to go to this day in Oilers history. It's presented by New West Travel. Again, our exclusive four-night road trip. Final couple days before uh could see some rate increases on this trip. Reach out to newwesttravel.com. The Oilers and big D to take on the stars. Here's Brendan. Wayne Gretzky uh, tying his own NHL record uh, on this day in 1984. He tied the record, which was set in uh, 1981-82. With his 10th hat trick of the season, he put up four goals, added an assist as well as the Oilers hammered the Penguins 9-2 in Pittsburgh. It was Gretzky's second four-goal game in two days. Tomorrow, uh, we got a full preview of the Oilers game against the Minnesota Wild as we'll actually hear from Michael Russo from the Athletic, one of the most plugged-in beat writers in the league. Leon Drysettle will join us on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. It's a throwback Friday brought to you by Conlon Motorsports. Daily face-offs, ranks here Valley for horse race in Alberta as well. Reminding racing returns May 4th at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more information, go to lahorses.com. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Thomas Dias. And then inside sports with Reed Wilkins back at you at 4.05 tomorrow from Rogers Place. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.